Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with around 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey local provider and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Good to be here today, guys. Yeah, good to have everybody with us today. Got a great We're, show lined up. We have a terrific show lined up today, just like every Saturday. And you know, you can catch us streaming off of our website, moneymd.net. Check us out there. You can also download all of our podcasts mm-hmm. off the website. Link yeah, right there to it. And send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us straight off the website links to us uh or you can email us directly info at moneymd.net we'd love to hear your questions but guys we do have an exciting show lined up for the day um you know we're going to start off here talking about something kind of related to my favorite topic and that is tipping do you really know how to tip kind of goes with vacations john as you guys know you know golfing vacations vacation theme they're kind of my that's kind of my favorite topic but you know tipping is right there i mean um, it, it's there's a lot to learn about tipping. There's a lot more to it than you might think, and it's kind of awkward. So stay tuned for this. This is a very interesting subject that we've never talked about before. I've got one question on it. We'll wait till we get into the segment, but yeah. I didn't see it on here, so I'm interested in your professional oh, oh, tipping advice. Good, I'll be glad to share my advice with you. And then we're going to follow up with an article about um, you know the easier path to getting rich. You know, a lot of a lot of kids dream about becoming a major league baseball player or um, basketball, football, whatever, because uh, it's glamorous. They make a lot of money, but there's actually a much easier path to wealth. Yes, we're, there we're is. We're going to share that with you. So we got some stats and pretty some pretty good stories associated with that as well. So hang hang on for the uh, second segment on that. Hey, that's a good one. And have you guys noticed just a slight tick up at the? Uh at the gas station here lately. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't see too many ones yeah. in front of them. There's some still out there. Yeah, it's starting I, I got, to, I've actually, I saw $1.89 on the way over okay. yeah, today I got still. It, and got uh, it for under 2 bucks yesterday, but yeah, it's not going to last long, guys. It's not going to last long, so we, we, knew this we need to enjoy it now. That's right, flash in a pan, but it's a good topic, so we're going to end with that one, right? Uh, absolutely. That's a great one. All right, we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the uh, Federal Reserve, and uh, there was a survey they did recently. 52% of about 4,000 Americans surveyed, they don't have $400 available in cash to cover an emergency expense, and they would either have to sell an asset, um, you know, maybe borrow $400 from a family member to pay for that bill. That's downright sad. It, it is, and $400, um, I mean, it's a car repair. I mean, it's not a huge... Some it, money. It's not. I mean, Catastrophic you know, type. It, that's I mean, right, that's right. If you go to the hospital, it's easily, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 if you don't have insurance, so... You know, half of Americans don't have $400. That, that is the scary part of, of kind of what we do when we sit down with someone. I mean, someone. that's how much you can accumulate in your glass jar in your kitchen, mm-hmm. in your counter. You know, I mean, you know, in the cabinet, you know, where you store your change. I mean, come on, 400 bucks, people. I mean, yeah. 
hopefully you're not out there listening to one of those folks. So well, and so if you get a refund this year, take. A thousand and put it exactly. put it aside. Put it in a savings account. Dave Ramsey recommends a thousand. We're it's a starting we're believers point. in that as a starting point. Just take some and put it aside because something's going to happen. I mean, it's just Absolutely. a matter of fact. It's called life. It's called life. That's right. Yeah, first baby step, right, is to have an emergency fund. you got to have an emergency fund. Yeah, it's key. It's key. So you're right, John. That's a good tip. Thousand bucks, you know, $400, over half of America. That's That's a shame. That really is. So good financial fact of the week. Okay, and that leads up to our first topic here, and that is, do you really know how to tip? You know, this is uh, based off an article out of Bankrate.com, Jeff Williams. And, you know, this is a great subject because tipping is one of those awkward subjects that people don't really talk about very much, you know. And if you're trying to live on a budget, I mean, tipping can be a painful process because it's money you, you probably didn't think about in your budget. You know, well, I, I'll tell you this from our personal experience. My wife, she uh, she worked in uh, numerous restaurants, you know, in college yep. and when we were married early on. And we know how important it was, you know, for those tips. And she worked sure. at you know, various different levels from everything from a barbecue restaurant to fine dining at mm-hmm. one time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, tipping is very important when you're considering going out to eat. It is. It's it's important for the people on the other end of that process. And, you know, if you if you don't want to be awkward about it (laughs) and have some awkward moments, it's going to be important to you, too. And it is and it is a reality of of the world we live in. You know, I mean, especially if you do a lot of traveling. I mean, tipping is everywhere and it's expanding there. I've read a lot of articles here recently about. You know, there are more uh, more service industries are trying to include tipping as part of their compensation. Their pay, right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and then there's the awkward part of tipping because you simply don't know how or how much to give. And I have to admit, I, I hate tipping, not because I don't want to pay for great service, but because it is so awkward and arbitrary. You know, I mean, and. If I'm not prepared, I'll carry five bags to the room just to avoid the awkward moment of trying to dig up a tip. You know, however, I mean, I have gotten better at it over the years, but I still don't look cool doing it the way it comes across in the movies. (laughs) You know, those guys like Richard Gere, you see, you know, who seem to just kind of drop the money out of their sleeve and, and then pat the guy on the back at just the perfect second. You know, whenever they leave the room or something, uh, I I can never seem to accomplish that. You know, and then well, you don't have a producer or director breathing down your neck either. So <laughs> That's it's true. Like, take two, take two. <laughs> and then they yeah. have the adoring wife who looks, you know, you know, adoringly at you know how cool they looked whenever they did that. You know, yeah, I mean, sometimes I end up tipping the wrong guy just because I missed the opportunity <laughs> to tip the guy who really deserved it. And then there are the times where I don't have change. So you know, what do you do? Do you ask for change? Well, I mean, actually, yes, you do ask for change. You know, I, mean, I did that the other day. Yeah, there you go. I mean, people in the service industry, they always have change. Just ask for change. They won't hesitate to go get it for you. Um, you know, but then there are the times when yeah, I don't have anything, any reasonable cash to give. And it's just one of those obvious tipping scenarios like a valet car or something. I, I had an instance one time, uh, Steve where I was actually at a restaurant, I ordered, the the server was great, and then I found myself, I don't think I had my debit card with me, nor Ouch. The, the right amount of cash to tip with. I barely had enough to cover the meal. And I told the young lady, I said, listen, I appreciate your service. You did a great job. I will come back. You know, this is somewhere that I, I frequented okay. quite often. And, and she just kind of looked at me like, 
Okay, we'll sure. see. Yeah, sure. And I took her like a ten dollar tip, you know, a week later. Oh. You know, and her eyes just almost popped out of her head. You wow. know, and that's not the norm, I know, but you know, I appreciated her understanding and yeah, it was kinda awkward at first, but you know, I I spoke to her and well, I It's good that you told her that. I mean, yeah, that's good. And then I followed through with it as yeah, well. Right, so. right, right. That's cool. Yeah, that's a great way to handle that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Yeah, I I hate those awkward situations when you're, like, you know, out of town, you're somewhere where you know you're not going to be back, and you don't know the person, but they gave you great service, and then, you know, like, you don't have any change at all. I mean, nothing. You know, you can't even ask for change, and... I mean, can you say awkward? That is that is terrible. So, it really, being prepared is a good start to making sure that you you think about where you're going, you know, how many tips you plan to leave before you travel. You know, go to the bank, get a stack of ones and fives if you're getting ready to take a big trip to some nice place where you'll be tipping. I mean, that's really the key to 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 being prepared, you know, and doing a good job at it. Uh, so, so tipping wise, yeah, I mean, so I mean, what, what do you think about what you think about tipping? Really depends on your viewpoint of the world, you know. I mean, whether you've worked in a service job or not, right? And um, <laughs> and you know, it just it, it, whether you you have a lot of money, whether you don't. I mean, it, you know, you may tip out of due diligence, um, but you know, you get no pleasure or pain from it. You may loathe the very concept of paying extra for a service and never tip. Or you may feel good about tipping, and you may see it as a way, you know, to pay forward and to keep the economy engine humming. I mean, whatever you think about tipping, um, you know, if you're wondering who to pay and how much, here are some tips on tipping. So the first one is tipping at a restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, if you're really pleased with the service, I mean, most experts will tell you you tip 18 20%. If you think um, the service was bad but not terrible, put down 10%. If you think the service was abominable, then you may want to make a statement and leave no tip. I always feel kind of bad about that, though, you know? I mean, for I've the never le- not left a tip. I've always done something. Yeah. 10%, yeah. you know, the minimum. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I always leave a tip. I, I mean, the only time I would, I always feel bad for the poor waiter, waitress or waiter mm-hmm. because, I mean, they really have no control over being shorthanded at a restaurant, you know. Um, and so, what happens in the back sometimes. Exactly. You know? I mean, the kitchen staff, they have no control over that. So, so here's my question. If you go to a drive, if you do a pickup to-go order, what should the tip amount be? To go order? Yeah, I always struggle with that because yeah. they basically just bring it out to your car. Yeah, I usually think ten percent. Yeah, it's kind of what we do. Standard. Maybe yeah, that's not in. That's not in these outside. tips I got here. But I know that that was my question. So. Yeah, I think I think ten percent is a good number. It's kind of the same thing if you're at a if you're at a buffet restaurant, which we'll cover here in a second. You know, and and all they do is come and like refill your tea and and clean your table off afterwards. I think ten percent is a nice gesture. You know, most people don't leave anything. Yep. So there you go. All right, well, um, yeah, this leads up to our break here, but if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call during regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with the Money Doctors here. Um, stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. 
back to Money MD. The money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about tipping. Do you really know how to tip? Um, guys, you know, as I mentioned, I mean, tipping is one of those awkward things where, you know, I just hate getting in a situation where you're not prepared for that. You know, it's it's always great if I got a lot of time to prepare for a trip or vacation and, you know, we're able to run by the bank and get some ones and fives and that kind of stuff. And if we're taking that kind of trip, you know, where it's a nice trip, uh, you know, a cruise is one of those, you mm-hmm. know, that I love going on, by the way, <laughs> in the middle of dead winter here. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's if you're not prepared, it, it can be really, really awkward. And that's really the key is being prepared. So we talked about, you know, a little bit about the restaurant type deal, you know, where you tip 18 to 20 percent is kind of a kind of a norm what most experts uh suggest you know if it's a if it's a buffet and they're just cleaning your table and refilling your tea or something like that then then maybe 10 percent um so we're just kind of digging into this well yeah and, and it's important that you you know you know the restaurant or you know their policies uh especially if you go in with a large party um a lot of times gratuity may already be added to your ticket so you know you can either ask about that or you know, maybe ask a manager or someone about their policies there. And in some places in different parts of the country, um, the tip is already included in the um, ticket, yep. no matter how many people you yeah. have there, you know, in such Europe, as in Miami. Europe, in Europe. Uh, yeah, and also in Europe. Countries, yeah. So, you know, be familiar with their, 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 their policy, the gratuity policy. Yeah, that's a good tip. Absolutely. Good tip on tipping. I like that. <laughs> tip on tipping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how about traveling? Um, you know, so there's a whole host of things here. April Massini is a columnist who writes Ask April, April AskApril.com, says despite the focus on relationship advice, she gets a lot of adequate questions over time. and She's compiled this comprehensive list of what's appropriate to tip. So if you're on summer vacation, you know, going on vacation this summer, according to her, here are some of the appropriate tips you should consider. Um, so we'll just go through a list here real quick <clears throat> about um, about travel. Airport or train porter, $1, $2 per bag. Um, airport wheelchair assistance, 3 to $5 upon arrival at the gate. Cab drivers, this is one I've always struggled with, 10, 18% of the fare, depending on the speed of the cab, the comfort level. How about safety? Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, that is actually in here. How safe, you know, you feel while they're driving. Or if, you know, you feel like they're cheating you. You know, if you're in a foreign country, it's it's very common. They take you on a wild goose chase. They will cheat you, you know, take you on a wild goose chase or have a bunch of tack-ons. So, you know, it just kind of feels, you have to kind of play it by ear. Um, You know, courtesy shuttle drivers. Here's one. I mean, one to two dollars per bag. You know, that's one you almost never hear any kind of guidelines on. Hotel bell staff, one to two dollars per bag. I think that's pretty common. Um, the concierge person, ten to twenty dollars, depending on the request at departure. You know, and that's a very important person at the hotel a lot of times, yep. especially if you know if you're in a place that you're not very familiar with. They can really help you find some good 
deals. Mm-hmm. They can't set things they get, up. They get yeah, your places you can't get up. into. Absolutely. That, that's a great point. So a lot of times they are worth their weight in gold. And I think that person lives off tips. I really do. Um, yeah. Most of the time, it, there, there's some my, type of split there. It's so, my yeah. impression. Oh, yeah. 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 And then the hotel doorman, no tip, <clears throat> Mancini says, unless they handle your luggage or call a cab for you. Um, the hotel maid, most people don't do anything for this. Two to three dollars per night is the is the norm. Um, we, we're usually a little generous on that. We give like five dollars a night. Do you? Um, yeah, because you know you think about it. I mean, that's the person that's taking care of all your stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get robbed, uh, they kind of have control over the keys and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so but if you're giving them five dollars and they know maybe you have you know more stuff. To- <laughs> my theory has always been they'll take better care of your stuff, and they do give you really good care yeah. once you give it and i, I don't wait to the end yeah. okay i do Start it first night we usually do one to two so that's, that's right. you do it that's that good. first night the next day you are you are taken care of yeah you're golden yeah i, I promise you you know so I, I like that one um valet parking uh three to five dollars at pickup okay not when they take the keys and drive the car off but when you pick the car back up Ho- uh restaurant hostess uh host tipping's not necessary according to messini unless you're Grateful because they got you, you know, a table or something that you otherwise would not have been able to get. Then, then ten to twenty bucks, yeah, really is kind of standard depending on what they give you. Hmm. That's Gordon. That's right. If you're at Burger King or if yeah, you're right. at <laughs> you know, yeah. high dollar restaurant, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and then there, you know, there's some businesses that um, will only um, uh, reimburse you for like up to fifteen percent. So if you have a good meal. Uh, you know, good experience, and you turn in a you know twenty percent tip, then uh, the, right. the company may actually say, "No, we're going to pay for 15. You know, so if you're in that situation and you feel like somebody really did a good job, you know, serving you, you can pay it out of your pocket Absolutely. and then just not get reimbursed. That's but, exactly right. Um, some college companies do have strict policies on. Yeah, that. ours is twenty percent, by the way, guys. Yes, <laughs> it is really. Is anyway, it? Keep going. <laughs> well, and so the solution is, is you know, and you know, you may have to turn in fifteen percent, you know, on your expense report, but then you can just pick pick out a you know, take a couple dollars out of your pocket and 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 help them out. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, and so how about whenever you're trying to look better? You know, getting a haircut, getting your nails done, according to them. Um, I so don't have enough money for that. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I, the manicures, <laughs> I just don't do those very often. But uh, you know, the barber or the beautician, um, fifteen to twenty percent of your total. You know, guys, I think, don't do much tipping whenever it comes to that. I, I, I always find myself short of change because I'm never thinking about it there. So I probably cheat my guy a little bit on that. Um, anyway, uh, then beautician, uh, 15 20%. Manicurist, pedicurist, 15 20%. Massage therapist, yeah, I don't do many of those, 20%. <laughs> Personal trainer, no tipping because you're paying a personal trainer who is usually self-employed for his or her with his or her expertise. But a gift of the holidays is a nice idea. Mm-hmm. They say here, stylist or a colorist again, fifteen twenty percent. Sounds like that's pretty common for all of the uh, you know stuff you do the beauty salon. Well, and, and she has a couple other places to consider too. You know, I mean, life in general is it just, it can be expensive. You know, uh, no matter what we're doing or kind of talking about. So. If you'd like to take a gander at what you've expected to tip from random service people, you may encounter. Um, here's here's the consensus on a variety of sources on tipping. Uh, if you find yourself in a bar, <laughs> they said, you know, uh, tip one to two dollars per drink. Per drink, you know, car common. car wash attendant, three to five dollars at pickup. Make sure you know you definitely take a a look around the car and that it looks good. Um, and then dog groomers, you know, ten bucks. You know, I, I don't know about the 
ten dollar for the dog groomer for me. But yeah, yeah. at our dogs, <laughs> we don't do the dog grooming so. thing. Um, you know, but let's talk about something more relative, guys. How about like the golf club attendant? Now we're talking, oh. okay? Oh. In our area, got to play yeah. golf a lot. Yeah. The caddy, yeah. Well, the, the caddy, caddy, yeah, that's true. You you ought to know that, the right? Caddy. The caddy, yeah, that's like love. that's uh, eighteen <laughs> holes. That's like twenty, depending on whether they're four caddy or they're your individual caddy. Right. It's twenty to forty bucks. Yeah, you know, um, depending on what kind of caddy they or are. Or if you have some visitors from Australia, it may be four hundred. So. Ouch, that would be nice. <laughs> that was a beautiful that, day. I bet that was. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Golf <laughs> Golf Caddy over here. Yeah, I mean, a guy that cleans your clubs afterwards. You don't tip them when they take the club out of the car and put them on the cart. Okay. Right. You tip it when you're done with the round. They come clean your club. If they clean your clubs and that's all they do, I think two to three bucks. If they carry your clubs and put them in the car, I think five bucks. Mm-hmm. That's hmm. my that's my rule of thumb on that. Um, grocery store bagger, you know, many grocery stores have a policy no tipping, but if they carry your clubs out, if they carry your, <laughs> your bags out, the, you see where my mind is. Golf carry your brain. bags out to the car, then a buck or two. Furniture delivery people, five to ten dollars per worker. Hmm. Um, we're gonna wrap these up here, so I'm just gonna go through them. A tattoo artist, ten to twenty percent. Just don't get a stupid tattoo, okay? <laughs> Tow truck drivers, three to five dollars. Um, even if you have insurance that covers it. Shoe shiner, two to three dollars. Uh, you know, more things to consider here. I mean, tipping norms they vary by region, occupation. Political science professor at university at Lee University in Pennsylvania who co-authored the book. Gratuity, a contextual understanding of tipping norms for the perspective of tipped employees. Boy, his editor needs to help him with titles, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Anytime somebody is unsure about tipping standards, he recommends a friendly conversation with the person, just like you mentioned, Gordon, you know, who might receive the tip. Um, and I think that's the key. If you're in an awkward situation, yeah, just have a them. conversation. <clears throat> ask them. What's know, normal? Ask them. ask them for change. Ask them what's normal. You know, just don't be afraid to ask. You know, most people tip for social and emotional reason is what he's saying. Um, So, you know, if they're right, I mean, if you learn your waiter's life story and he's a college sophomore who reminds you of who you were in college or your son or daughter, then you're more likely to give a bigger tip than a single mom in a restaurant. You know, and if you're on the other end of that, it's a good idea to talk to somebody if you're a, if you're a waiter be personable talk to them get to know them a little bit you're probably going to get a lot better tip mm-hmm. that's right just feel the situation out you know exactly exactly i think the key is being prepared and asking you know the question um the, you know how what's normal for tips if you're unsure about it yeah. so complicated subject yeah, yeah it's good good topic though but it is a great topic Okay, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, or give us a call in the office, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages and GNN News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. 
And we are going to um, lead off our next segment here with the question of the week. Yeah, this question has to do with um, money and family, which is sometimes That's like oil dang, and water. Dangerous um, mix. Yeah. It is. And so Can't the question is, is my grandson wants to borrow $1,000 for his first car. Ooh, and, that is um, dangerous. Should I loan him the money? And... Um, I mean that's that's a good question. I, I would say yeah, you can, and I would be prepared to give it to him because the grandson may not be able to to pay it back. But I'd also use it as a um, teaching opportunity. Sit down and absolutely and uh, talk with him a little bit. Um, you know, give him a, a book to read, Dave Ramsey, as a um, requirement to do it, then and give make him an education. What's that? I said, read the book, then give him the money. Well, that's right. That's right. There can be some. It, there can be some requirements in order to do that versus just handing him a thousand dollars or you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a little different twist on that. Gotcha. <clears throat> you Let's know. hear it. My answer is: should you loan him the money? No, is the answer. Oh. Better yet, I think match their savings again. The gift idea. Okay, mm-hmm. match their savings until they've saved the money ahead of time. Yeah, that's they good. need a thousand dollars. I'd say even give them opportunities to work around the house or work around your house or mm-hmm. whatever. Earn some money, and they save five hundred bucks. You pitch in five hundred bucks. They're free and clear of it. They pay cash for it ahead of time. Kind of sounds I, like the four hundred one Dave plan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it that's is. Good. I just think the principle is they need to pay cash for it, not a loan. Yeah. I don't want them to get thinking loans are okay. Yeah. And it's good. I think you know, that's a I love that suggestion because you're you're getting it's a teaching moment. Whatever exactly. you yeah, do, a, whether you loan it, it or teaching. Exactly. you know, give it or whatever, you, there has to be a teaching um some education coming out of this process because fact is you're right. They they don't need to get into loans. They don't need no. to go to a bank and, and start this process. So it's a bad precedent, I think, because if they borrow money from you, then they're gonna be borrowing it from the bank next and you know, just they just need to learn to, to buy it when they have the cash. Save it up. Save it up. But a thousand bucks I won't take them long. That's a great question. Yeah. That really is. That's a tough question. All right, and that leads us up to our next topic here, and that is the easier path to getting rich. Um yeah, I mean this is a great topic and you know, it's talking about Pro sports yeah. and those kinds of things. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, that's those are long shots. That's absolutely. There's We've an got easier some way. Stats to share with you here, and you know, growing up, guys, I played a lot of baseball. I'm sure you guys, you know, played baseball. Steve, you, were you a golfer when you're yeah, young? Sure, in high school, sure. I'm sure we all dreamed of uh, you know hitting hitting a big time. Oh, and, you got and, it. You know, my dad coached me for I don't know probably 12 years in a row, and uh, we spent countless hours down at Riverview Park in good old North Augusta. I had two brothers who played as well, so my mom probably owns part of that that park right now. <laughs> she spent so much time down there yeah. with taking lunches and so forth and all waters rights. Absolutely, <laughs> man. We did a, we spent hours and days and months down there, and you know we I always dreamed of playing in the major leagues. Dale Murphy, you sure. guys probably remember. Oh Dale. yeah, I remember Dale. He was you know, unbelievable. He was my hero. He was just an all American kind of guy. Um, all star for Atlanta Braves. Uh, some other guys on the Atlanta Braves: Bob Horner, Glenn Hubbard, Rafael Ramirez. I mean, my family used to watch the Atlanta Braves every single night on TV. And, yep. you know, as kids, we, we dreamed of making it big one day. We went to Turnerfield and watched them in, in person. And uh, I practiced um, a lot, played, made it to high school um, for North Gusty Yellow Jackets. Now, did you go to Turner or did you go to Fulton County? Oh, that's right, Fulton huh? County. Yeah, Ooh, there you go. That's right. That that's, is. That's, that's Dale Murphy. Back in the yeah. 70s, yeah. Yeah, you're talking so, to a baseball. I, 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 made it, I even yeah. made it to Fulton County. I think so. we did go to Fulton County because we went to trips up there yeah. frequently during the year. But um, yeah. anyway, when I was thinking about, thinking back on, on this topic, when I was playing um, JV baseball, actually it was high school baseball, the coach told us everybody run to the position that you wanted to play, and I had played shortstop for my whole entire career. 
here, mm-hmm. but there were like eight other people at shortstop, and right. I looked over in center field. I'm like, nobody's out there. So anyway, I ended up going <laughs> to center field, and that's where I ended up playing. But you know, as I as I played, you know, more and more, it got more and more competitive. And baseball, there was a lot of money in baseball back then, and there's a lot more in there today. And uh, Gordon, I think you played a little bit of ball, right? Oh yeah, played in college and played a little bit afterwards. And how far did you? Cool. Yeah. How far did you go? Well, we actually spent our first anniversary down in spring training, down in the professional combines. Oh wow! Uh, down in. Tampa, St. Petersburg, Florida. What organization? She's, she's still with me today. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, it worked years out. Later. Wow. Um, it, it was a, a multi-club combine. Okay. So uh, we had all the teams there, and they were working us out. And I worked out for the Braves mm-hmm. down in Atlanta. I just, I never quite made it, yeah. you know, because there's just a dime a dozen, like you were talking about, how many people it's tough. are in that pool. It is just unbelievable. Yeah. And what did you play? I pitched. Pitched. Did you yeah, pitcher. Pitch. That's right. How fast? 88. Yeah. That's you know, good. That's pretty, I, I, that's hardly, pretty smart. I could not break 90. I never got, you know, clocked at 90 that we knew of. So yeah. That's that's pretty I was impressive. there, the 88, 89. Yeah, yeah. It's about like John's golf club speed. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not quite high enough. <laughs> Come on. Not quite high enough. But, you, guys, you know, there are hundreds of baseball players in the in the major leagues today. A lot of those guys are making millions of dollars in their career. Um, you know, they're one in a million talent. I saw a stat the other day that the uh, the minimum salary is about half a million dollars in the major leagues. And, um, Sweet. You know, if you um, – if you can differentiate your fastball and get it up into the 90s, 95, you have an opportunity to do that. But, you know, they're getting rich by honing their skills. Many dream of getting that kind of paychecks in the major league uh, for playing a game. And what could be better than, than getting rich playing a sport that you love? Can you imagine being on the tour? You know, oh, that yeah. That would be incredible. <clears throat> yeah, that was always my dream, being on the PGA Tour, you know. Play the Masters. Exactly. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But. You know, the older I get, the more I think, holy smokes, man, talk about pressure. I oh, mean, yeah. If your living was based on that, oh, man, it would it, that would take a hobby and turn into, you know, a job in a hurry. But, and, you know, the truth is, I mean, they are getting rich the hard way because they're putting in really thousands of hours from childhood to college just hoping to get that one in a million, you know, chance, <clears throat> you know, to be the person to hit it big, you know, being pro football or pro baseball, pro golf. Um, you know, it, it's a very small club by design. I mean, the odds of getting in are assuredly low and as as low as they, they could be ever. And just like, you know, being a pro golfer, I mean, it's a one in a million type opportunity it really is yeah and i actually pulled up some of the stats um about one hundred thirty thousand high school senior baseball players across the nation 600 of them actually get drafted so it's 0.5 percent chance of being drafted mm-hmm. if you're a high school senior and that actually is the the best opportunity when you look at basketball football and baseball yeah um basketball is the lowest at 0.03 percent Point zero three percent versus 0.5 percent. That's, that's pretty darn low because you you know you have fewer people on the team and you have fewer levels. It's probably you know, more. Like there's, there's 44 people drafted in uh, in uh, uh, pro basketball versus wow. 600 for baseball. But the the chances are so small. There is a better way though, right? Yes, there is a better way. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, these are truly exceptional people who have done exceptional things and. You know, we should only hope that they get rich for working hard and working intelligently. I mean, that's the American dream, being alive and well, and that's what we want to see in our society. But there is an easier route to getting rich, a much easier route, 
that you're going to talk about right here. Yeah, the easiest way to be exceptional, guys. You know, in 2014, the American savings rate was between four and five percent. That's roughly equal to one paycheck per year. And although we set aside money for different reasons, be it for vacation or you know maybe obviously retirement, we're saving less than a nickel of every dollar in income. Um, but what if we could, you know, almost guarantee that you could have more wealth than you could ever need um, by being exceptional in a different way? I mean, what what if you could do if only a few things by saving a slice of your income and investing it patiently over time? I mean, there's some different ways to do this. So, so you're saying there's still a way to be an all star. That's right. Uh, you know, and and to bring you up into all star status would probably say, hey, let's let's raise that four to five percent up to fifteen to twenty percent. You know, in a stock market where mutual funds are held, you know, on an average of say three point three years, holding one, you know, for twenty to forty years would be considered remarkable. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and what it could actually do and perform during mm-hmm. that time uh, could really show, you know, some great results. You know, and, and we're not talking about uh, huge sacrifices here, but you know, maybe just some tweaks to different things. You know, if you decided to live in an 1800 square foot as opposed to a 2500 square foot home or you know just drive a reliable car instead of the brand new uh car off the lot you know things like this decisions that we make like that are are really gonna gonna help uh free up some of that money yeah to it would just like we just talked about too i mean paying cash for your car Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. rather than rather than financing it i mean even paying off your house in 10 years you know rather than financing for 30 years and keep refinancing it for another 30 i mean you know get ahead that's the point here yeah you know saving slightly more like we're talking about here having patience uh, more than the average person is undoubtedly easier than playing professional sports i mean there's only a certain number of people that get into professional sports yet for all of the millions of people who dream of being a, a major league sports star for the chance at wealth, we see just a handful that that save money, um, you know, at the right levels. So, you know, playing major league personal finance is easier than getting into the major leagues. I mean, you can do this kind of stuff if you save, if you save, um, you know, over time, you save fifteen percent, like we talk about, have emergency funds. This stuff works over many, many, many years. So, um, much easier way to that's right getting wealthy. There's a, there's a way to be an all star in this. Yeah, that's a great topic. Okay, and that leads up here to our break. So if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are um, starting off our last segment here with the prescription of the week. This prescription is to um, turn off the TV, don't look at newspapers, don't follow your emotions. When you see an emotional headline um, with the stock market or you know, what's going on with um, inflation or the deficit or whatever. Don't make emotional decisions based on these headlines and short-term performance. Um, we just talked about in the last segment, guys, about the average mutual fund is held 3.3 years. Yeah, that's pathetic. And it's usually people making emotional decisions. I had a, a meeting it this is. last week with uh, a client and um, yeah, just kind of talking about, you know, 2014 and the start of 2015. January was kind of a challenging month and kind of put things in perspective a little bit. Trying to make decisions off a very short window is very, very dangerous. So it is. If you can focus on long time periods, focus on a plan and so forth, 
um, it kind of takes away the emotion of what's going on in the in the here and now. Yeah, it's it's so tempting for people to look at the last six months in their portfolio and want to try to fix it. You know, I mean, everybody feels like they need to take out the screwdriver to the portfolio because, oh, my goodness, you know, I've underperformed the S&P or whatever index you happen to be looking at at the moment. And, you know, you got to take that emotional decision out of your portfolio. Create a great portfolio based on sound academic principles that is well-diversified, prudently diversified, and then rebalance it and leave it alone. Yeah. You know, don't take out the screwdriver. Yes, I mean, look at the five-year performance. And if the five-year performance and if each fund is not keeping up with the asset class that it's invested in, then you have a problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, do not look at six months and, you know, compare it to some arbitrary index and get the feeling that something's broken. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are comparing things to the Dow, which is 30 stocks. I mean, there are are tens of thousands of stocks out there. I mean, Apple is a huge portion Mm -hmm. of the Dow. Apple, you know, I just looked at a chart for this just the other day. Apple is now a half of a billion a uh, half of a trillion dollar company. It's yeah. a five hundred billion dollar company. That amazing. Wow. Market cap wise, it is a huge portion of the S and P five hundred and the Dow. Yeah. And so you know you can't compare yourself to Apple. And that's essentially what you're doing because Apple's going to be up today and it's going to be down tomorrow, and you just don't know. Yep. So yeah, take the emotion out of it. That's a great prescription of the week. Okay, and that leads up here to our last topic, and that is. Another emotional thing, when we all stop at the gas pump, gas prices are rising. Rising. And, yeah. you know, the question who's here the is, who's to blame? There yeah. you go. Is it the increasing crude oil prices or the refinery slowdowns? You know, the the U.S. drivers are paying more at the pump this month after enjoying some of the lowest gas prices that we've seen in a really, really long time. You know, almost a decade. Um I know I've really appreciated going mm-hmm. to the, the pump and getting, you know, with my Kroger reward uh, points, getting as go. low as like a dollar thirty nine. Yeah. You know, Good per gallon. and I've seen some people that have gotten mm-hmm. it for even less than that. Uh, so, you know, it's been nice to, to you know, have some savings at the pump. But, you know, the cost of a gallon of gas is likely to keep inching up through, you know, the springtime into the uh, summertime as uh, rising crude oil prices and seasonal slowdowns at U.S. refineries uh, continue. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, you know, regular gasoline in the U.S. Um, is now averaging, like, this week, like 2.52 a gallon on average. Um, it's up 7.6% from just last week and 17 cents from the – cents from the previous month, according to Gas Buddy. So – I mean, gas prices have risen pretty sharply here. It's amazing how fast it changes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, it, it does. does. I mean, it's kind of like the wind, you know, sometimes. <clears throat> and uh, actually, this is a pretty normal trend for this time of the year because you have refineries in Texas, California, and several other states. They they intentionally reduce their uh, production volumes during this time to do regular scheduled maintenance, you know, before the, the summer season really hits us because that's when people are traveling, you know, vacation yeah vacation there you go they they, they start thinking about those places that they want to drive to what a great time to do that this time this year you know it's going to present some great opportunities yeah i mean go to yellowstone what a great vacation that is i mean or the grand canyon or i mean take the big drive up to dc i mean you know those are cheap vacations and i love how we segue into vacations i just love (laughs) it yeah every topic is about vacation dc i mean is a great vacation we're talking about saving money here john i mean come on this is the month we're the 
money, doctors. We are a driving vacation money. is an awesome way to save money. This is the year to do that. If you've been thinking about it, do it this year. Go go rent a hoopty. You know, he can drive up the East Coast like you did. Didn't you go out to the West Coast? In yeah, we did. We did whenever I was young. Yeah, that was a blast. We had a good time. Yeah, so all this maintenance work, guys, it basically um, it comes with a slowdown in gasoline production, which uh, usually weighs on the prices by putting upward pressure um, on what the motors pay. And the refineries typically, typically wrap up the maintenance work around May, at which the gas prices usually uh, start to decline a little bit ahead of Memorial Day. So uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are planning vacations right now for that, that holiday weekend. I mean, that's a big yep. time, kind of the start of summer, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, also a slight recovery in crude prices in recent weeks is also pushing gas prices higher, you know, as predictable as it was. I mean, bent crude, you know, the global benchmark there climbed to over $60 a barrel this week. Um, that was the highest level since December 22nd, and prices are up 36% from nearly nearly the six-year low of $45 and change a barrel on January 13th. So, wow, I mean, and, it, and that's it been evident, fast. Yeah, that's been evident in our domestic uh, benchmark as well. The, the West Texas uh, Intermediate, which is also known as WTI, it was trading at just over $50 a barrel uh, this past week, a 22% gain from its January low. Uh, the, the WTI prices plunged below $44 a barrel last month uh, for the first time since 2009. So, you know, crude prices declined dramatically this winter due to, you know, the surge in supply coupled with a de- decline in overall global demand. But signs are emerging that the oil production will slow down this year, and traders uh, you know, are going to raise prices eventually. You know, Coming off the heels of what we had here in the U.S., you know, the, the shale boom uh, that we had, which contributed to the, the, the supply glut, and oil companies have uh, 406 fewer drilling rigs in operation. That's 23% fewer operational rigs. Uh, now, as last time, the same you know, the same time last year. Wow, that yeah. that's a big cut in in the number of rigs. I wonder how that translates in actual production. Yeah, I don't know, cuts. but it's interesting. The markets the last two or three months have really been volatile because of the oil reduction. That's right, and it seems like that's the 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 answer um, of why prices were getting so low was because because of production versus demand. I mean, that was one of the concerns is that global demand was going to be, um, you know, uh, kind of falling off a little bit. So the markets got concerned, but it was all this production that was online. Yeah, exactly. And so now they're starting to <clears throat> they're starting to shut some of those down, and, and so that you're going to see the prices go back up a little bit. And Saudi Arabia, uh, which is the world's largest oil exporting country, is hinting that it might sell its crude at higher prices to boost government revenues. Um, so, you know, they're trying to uh, to – play the market a little bit if you will and and start you know increasing the prices well and it, it seems like they they can kind of dictate when they want to to turn up the heat i guess you could say a little bit and when they don't and you know uh, the the um the production boom that we had in the the u.s here with the shale boom you know really kind of threw some things yeah out of i'm not sure they have as much control well, obviously they don't have as much control as they no, used to Saudi Arabia right. um, doesn't have as much not, control. i mean with the right. the u.s being one of the leading oil producers now i mean i think it's it's good that we have that I think it's good that we have the, the market has control now i mean it's driven by supply and demand and by prices mm-hmm. price drops certain level Rigs come offline and production drops, and then prices go back up. And so we're going to hit a market equilibrium here somewhere, 
And, you know, that's a good thing. We, we want a market-driven price. We don't want the Saudis dictating, sure. you know, what our price of oil is going to be. Yeah, you know, and, and even as we, we we're looking toward the summertime and vacation time and stuff like that, you know, we're going to see prices inch up a little bit across America. And, you know, drivers shouldn't expect to shell out the kind of money they did last year, thankfully. Uh, in mid-February of 2014, fuel cost about... Three thirty-six in average, and that's eighty-four cent, uh, you know, difference than today's prices. So, you know, um, there still nice. should be some significant price advantages this year versus last year. The, the question is: Is are people taking that extra income, and what are they doing with it? Exactly. You know, are you putting it into an emergency fund? Are you using that to help you with your priorities versus just going out and, you know, just going out to eat? It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how, it, so. how about fully funding a Roth IRA this yeah. year? There's no excuse. I mean, you have several thousand dollars probably of gas savings yeah. or, in your pocket. Or put that in the emergency fund. We saw that 50% you gotta don't do that have first. $400. got so. to have the emergency fund. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple different things you got to be looking at doing with that excess. But don't just consume it. I right. mean, that's the moral of the story here. You have some nice savings, a nice windfall this year. Don't let your budget just expand and you just consume it and eating out more or just kind of fritting it away it's time to get serious take that extra money this year that you're going to save and put it towards something useful as, put as, it toward your future as dave says put a name on it definitely there a good time go. to name advantage of it yeah, yeah sure. name him roth mr roth <laughs> so all right great topic here that does bring us to a close though of this week's edition of money md Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us on our website, moneymd.net. You can email us your questions there. You can link to all of our podcasts there. Um, you can link to our show, of course. We'd love to hear from you. You can, you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net or give us a call. Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Good weekend. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.